And now, coming to you live from Huntsville Atlantic Studios, it's Pop Culture Philosophers. And here are your hosts, Rockin' Robbie Billups and John Hammertime Holshue. Hey everybody, it's the Pop Culture Philosophers, coming to you live from the Huntsville Attic in beautiful Huntsville, Alabama. I'm super excited about the episode tonight. We're going to be talking about the X-Men, the uncanny X-Men. Talking about the animated show, the comics, of course, the uh, action figures, the films, maybe even the video games, everything X-Men. Super excited. And we're going to be recording this today is actually, surprisingly, Best Friends Day. And I'm John Hammertime Holshue, and with me is one of my best friends, Rockin' Robbie Billups. Oh, how sweet. It's actually Best Friends Day. I remember seeing that. I saw that on social media earlier. By the yeah. time the episode's out, people, it won't be relevant yeah, at all. It'll be too late. Just wait yeah. another year, yeah. and you'll get there. Or maybe <laughs> maybe they're they're watching or listening to this on a future Best Friends Day. Ooh. Yes. There's mm. only the one. Anyway, thank, you're, you <laughs> are one of my best friends as well. I appreciate it. And some of our other best friends are here with us as well to talk about the X-Men. Jeremy Day, first of all, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited about talking about X-Men. Yeah, you're a big, big X-Men guy. Oh, I love them. I have a lot of X-Men comics. Uh-huh. And I used to have a lot of toys, but not as much anymore. Yeah, well, you know, when, when you get older, you have to, you have to, you know, put the childish things away, right? That's what I believe. Yeah. You have so many damn action figures surrounding And us. a lot of X-Men ones. <laughs> one of the biggest X-Men fans I personally know, and I've known this guy for a long time. He's one of my best friends as well. That is Brooks. Brooks, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? It's good. Thank you for being back on the podcast. Jeremy and uh, Brooks have been podcasted in over a year. Over a year. Yeah. It's been that long? This is, yeah, this is our third one this year. Mm. From back when the, the last time you recorded with us was back when the show was still in black and white. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but now we have color audio. Yeah. <laughs> Full color really audio. Cool. It's really cool Fancy, to hear. Fancy, that new tech, yeah. that new yeah. tech, tech sound. <laughs> <laughs> so the X-Men, uh, I think we're all familiar with the comic, but I can kind of give people... A, uh, a heads up or a rundown in case they're in case they're not I don't again I don't know anybody that doesn't know the X-Men maybe they know the X-Men comic the basics but maybe they don't know the details so it was launched in 63 by Marvel Comics it's created by the great Jack Kirby and Stan Lee it's about a subspecies of humans mutants uh, have the ability superhuman abilities we call it the X-Gene that's where they get the X-Men name uh, comic kind of typically focuses focuses on the good versus evil but includes a lot of stories about racism and prejudice, sort of sets it apart from a lot of the comics at the time. Uh, they're led by Professor Charles Xavier, uh, Professor X, and uh, the original team was Xavier, of course, Angel, Beast, Cyclops, I- I- Iceman, and Marvel Girl. Um, their arch, en- arch enemy was Magneto and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Um, there's been Brotherhood many very... Evil. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's been many variations, but the, uh, the biggest step, I think, was when... Uh, New X-Men, or I'm sorry, giant size X-Men came out, introduced a bunch of characters, um, including fan favorite Wolverine, and of course, who else was Colossus, Colossus introduced to that? Storm. Night- Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, uh, Kitty Pride, Banshee. Now, Banshee and Wolverine. Kitty Pride were... didn't show up till later. Yeah. Banshee and, and Kitty Pride and, and uh, Wolverine were not introduced in that issue, but they were. They're in the issue. Except for Kitty Pride. She's not in it. Oh, she's not. <laughs> Well, I was just throwing out some other characters, actually. Psylocke, Gambit, Forge, Jubilee. There's been all these characters that have been yeah. introduced. Jubilee wasn't in Giant Size X-Men. I know. <laughs> I'm just now throwing out some Neither characters. They're introduced that other people might be yeah, I gotcha. uh, familiar with. So so the uh, it actually hit the the 90s where it sort of hit its peak success. 
And actually, there was this thing called the X-Men gauge or the X-Gauge, wherever the comic book shops would measure their ordering based on the popularity of the X-Men comics. Like they would compare every comic to the X-Men comics because yeah. the comics were so popular. And the 90s also saw the introduction of the animated show on Fox. And, and then the very end of that century, we actually got the films by Fox would make live-action X-Men films. And yeah. surprisingly, even though it's a, a superhero team-up, so it worked surprisingly well on film, something that people thought couldn't be done. So that's sort of the basis of the X-Men. I'm sure I left some things out. I'm sure some X-Men fans are going to be like, oh, Well, that's what the rest of the show's for, John. Yeah, there's there's a lot more to it and a lot more depth, but I think these sets these characters apart and is, is mostly the, the, the conflict and the... Um, I think a lot of people who are like outcast or feel different can kind of bond with these characters. Oh, absolutely. So I think these characters are very unique and, and really stand out. And, you know, you can't have the X-Men without heroes and villains. I mean, that's what it's about. You said it's a story about good and evil. It, it touches on other themes, of course, like bigotry um, and things like that. And uh, and and ends uh, justifying the means kind of ideas and stuff like that. And, like, how far are you willing to go to save your people and whatnot like that, right? Um, but the heroes and the villains, right? So you got your good guys, you got your bad guys. And, of course, a lot of the X-Men kind of go fluidly in between, kind of like a Magneto at times can, you know? Mm. But... So I just want to start with you, Jeremy. Give me one of your absolute favorite X-Men heroes. In fact, give me two, please. Um, Multiple Man, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a weird one, I know. But I, I don't think it's that weird. Um, I really, really started digging him during um, uh, Peter, or Peter, David? Peter David's run yeah. of X-Factor. Start off with the Marvel Knights run and everything. Um, I actually have that signed by him, first edition, or oh, first nice. issue. Um, I really enjoy him as a character, and I like the whole uh, detective spin on X Factor. So, and one of the things that Peter David did so well was that he added this element because he wrote him, you know, in the in the '90s days, yeah, right. But like the, when he became that the the more the detective aspect of Multiple Man, and the idea that he can send out these dupes, they can learn things like martial arts or 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 perfect a study, and then when he absorbs them back in, he absorbs that that information. And so that's why he was such a great detective. That's why he's such a great fighter. And he's also done in a very comical way that Peter David does. Who uh, who else would you say? Multiple man. That's really good. Yeah, Not one I expected to be brought up, actually. Yeah. As uh, far as a favorite goes. What, uh, what what about number two? Number two would be Iceman. I oh, Bobby some, Drake. Yeah, Bobby Drake. I love Iceman. Um, I was really happy when he showed up in the movies. Man, I don't know why. Little Kid Me was ecstatic. Um, yeah. That was like one of the X-Men figures I remember having the most, actually. Um, but yeah, interesting character. I like um, doing uh, Bendis' run on X-Men. Yeah. It's kind of hinted to, well, I mean, outright pretty much said that uh, he's gay. Yeah. So like, that's pretty interesting. He's fully out now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know a lot of people were thinking it was like shoehorned in there. It made a lot of sense if you think about the history of his character. He kind of always strikes out with women. Like, yeah. really hard. Like, he sets himself up for failure. And he also, like, ah. he goes out of his way to, to be like, oh, no, I'm yeah. a ladies' man. Yeah, exactly. You know if somebody's trying that hard. There's probably something suspect. But <laughs> but I like them as a character. Oh, those are really nice. What about you, Brooks? Two of your favorite X-Men heroes. Well, uh, number one is, is Jean, Jean Grey, no doubt. Jean Grey. Number two would probably be Rogue, actually. Rogue. Yeah, I like, I like Rogue is a very useful character, I think. It's like, yeah. Uh, Say somebody in the X-Men gets knocked out of the fight, she can just like, but they need that power set. She can just go over there and get that power set. You know, she can, she's kind of a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, she's the Shang Tsung of yeah. And, uh, I like the, like, uh, they've been doing a lot of interesting things in the comics with her. 
like for a while now. Like especially, I liked her in uh, Uncanny Avengers, especially. I think. Okay, yeah, when she became an Avenger. Yeah, and I've been liking Mister and Mrs. X a whole lot too. You know, I would always have said that Rogue was one of the most obnoxious X Men characters to me because it was always about like, oh, woe was me, this that. But yeah. Dude, Kelly Thompson's Mister and Mrs. X, which is the story of her and Gambit now being married. I I love both of those characters now. I love them. I know you're a big Jean Grey fan. Yeah. And and there's so many reasons why you love that character. Um. What do you think about the portrayal of both of your favorite characters in film? I thought, I thought, uh, like the first Jean Grey, she like, uh, was it Famke Jensen? Yeah, yeah. I thought she the did Bond pretty girl. good, but she didn't get a whole lot, you know. Even in even in the third movie, which was basically supposed to be, you know, about her. Yeah, she didn't really get as she didn't get enough, I don't think. And uh, Sophie Turner, I think she did all right. Okay, what about Rogue? Anna, uh, Anna Paquin Rogue. I'm kind yeah. of. It's it's an interesting take on the character, but it's not the it's not the the, the character I'm used to. You know. You know now that the X Men are back in the MCU or going to be in the MCU. I wonder if we're going to get a Rogue Captain Marvel showdown. Yeah. That's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. John, what about you? Two of your favorite X heroes. Well, uh, speaking of Rogue, I would I would um, her uh, partner in crime, I guess Gambit. Gambit. Remy, was one Remy, Remy LeBeau. Um, I always really liked him, you know, with the, got the Cajun accent and the staff and the, I don't know about that weird mask thing that he wears, but. <laughs> it's an ear warmer, man. I love the fact that his his two mutant powers are, first off, he can charge up things that make sense, the deck of cards, and if you going to carry things to throw and charge, it makes sense. He can blow up big things, small things. First we charge the card, yeah. and then we blow it up. But the second one he's got is what, like charm or like seduction. It's like a yeah. mutant power that he can skills. charm anybody. Now, early on, that was something they were trying to say was part of his abilities. I think they've really kind of moved away from that. Yeah. But they, they, and because his eyes are part of that too. I think, I don't, because you got them black the red, eyes yeah. with the red oh, yeah. sparkle that's thing. The, that's the explanation. I'm still his think, eyes are weird. I still think if you, it still shows that that's one of his mutant powers, whether they talk about it anymore or not. If anybody knows John. It makes total sense that Gambit's one of your favorites. What about number two? Number two would be, and I hate to do this because I feel like it's everybody's Wolverine. That was somebody's got to say Wolverine. How can you not like Wolverine? First off, the power to reheal is a badass. I know there's other mutants, and that's the thing too. I was going to bring up. So you see other people with that power in the Marvel universe, but there's some weird characters you see that never occur again. I'm like, surely some of these mutant powers must share, you know, with other mutant. Anyway, we'll bring. We'll come back to that. But uh, first off, that's a great fucking power. I mean, other characters do have it, Deadpool. Um, secondly, the claws, the badass claws. And he's just a tough guy. He's kind of that stereotypical tough guy, you know, the cigars, he's driving very, a motorcycle. He's very stoic. Yeah. He, he's, he's got that sense of honor, that code he's of also, honor. He's very loyal. Yeah. Loyalty is a yeah. big yeah. thing. He'll throw, himself, he'll, he'll throw himself into danger to protect anybody. He's yeah. also kind of got the John Wayne slash Clint Eastwood. He, yeah. like, he definitely embodies it when you said stoic. Like, that's what oh, I yeah. think of. So I know he again. I but feel he's got to be on the list. I mean, he's the, definitely the most popular. He's he probably Marvel's second most popular character. Maybe Spider Man's more popular. Yeah, but like Wolverine's up there. And I know? think that's why later, and we'll talk later about the animated show. That's why they re the new one was called Wolverine and the X Men. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like Wolverine is an X Men. That's like saying, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a superhero team up. The Avengers be like. Iron Man and the Avengers. No, Iron Man is a goddamn Avenger. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like the day. Yeah, I got you. Well, they were letting you know that the focus was going to be yeah, on Wolverine. because yeah. fan favorite. Makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. Two of my favorite villains, I mean heroes, my bad, ex-heroes, are the, the, the blue guys. I like Beast and Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Um, Beast is, I just love Beast. I, I love the, the look 
a beast. I think visually he's just a very interesting character. Um, and almost all of his incarnations, even when he's like human with big feet, right? Yeah. Um, and But the 90s beast to me is like my favorite version of beast where he's got the same haircut as Wolverine. Apparently they went to the same stylist. <laughs> and, uh, it didn't but just grow like I that? I love Cat Beast from the Morrison and Quietly Run. Oh, yeah. And uh, now he looks a little too apish with the bald head and the sideburns yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it's I really, weird. 90s Beast is great. You know, I really love that. But Nightcrawler is also another one of my favorite ones. Um, growing up, uh, I grew up in the church. And so, like, he may be not, I was Protestant and he was, uh, he was, he was Catholic. But like still, the idea that he had a, a spiritual, a spirituality of faith was something that appealed to me. I also had, my mother was born in Germany um, on a military base over there. And I learned German early on in my life. And so I've always had this kind of like affinity for German stuff like i don't know and like nightcrawler was just another one that's visually interesting to look at like i oh, can yeah. look at beast and, and nightcrawler there's so much you can do an artist can do with those. The, the fun thing about beast too is that he's a character that goes against type you know oh yes he's like he's this big you know and he's mean he's looking beasty guy but he's like oh he's always wearing lab coats yeah. and, and he's one of the he's one of the smartest the guys out there and just like you know nightcrawler looks like a demon but he's he's a yeah. devout man of faith he even became a priest at one point his power too is just so awesome. Yeah, that's the one teleport. of the, like of all the powers you can have. That's one of the top ones. And visually stunning. And it's yeah. something that even in in all three of the movies that he's been in, it's a really cool effect. Oh yeah. To see. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. And I remember picking up the Excalibur books just because of him. Yeah. I hated the fact that I felt like I wanted to read Excalibur because it had like my favorite like X Men right there. I read X Factor too when Beast was in the you know in those days, and I, I wanted him to be furry. <laughs> you know what mm. I'm saying? Um, but you can't have good heroes without good villains, right? And, of course, the X-Men have some of the absolute best and most oh, recognizable yeah. villains in comic book history. Um, so let's do it um, the same way. Jeremy. Oh, man. Magneto. Easy. Uh, okay. Ma- okay. Master of magnetism, master of swagnetism. <laughs> Dude. I like that. Dude, man, I just used, I used to main him real hard back in the MVC two days. Yeah. In fighting games, you know. Um, love him in the comics, of course, though. He always kind of walks that line of, also like sometimes evil sometimes good yeah depending on i guess what's necessary at the time for the writing um but i enjoyed it every he does it well on either side i guess it always seems good yeah so it, it's it's natural i don't know but love him what about number two number two mr sinister Nathaniel oh, Essex. Sinister's badass yeah man a lot of good x-men stories involve him and if you think about it i mean that's their main villain most of the time i mean if it's not apocalypse it's usually gonna be yeah um See, I never really responded so well to the Mr. Sinister stuff. It always involved Scott. And, like, Scott was never... Like, when a story was focused on Cyclops, it was never my favorite. You I mean, know, no, nobody said Cyclops for their favorite, by the way. Let me say this. It's awesome because, you know, I don't really, I don't really care for Cyclops either. So it's nice to see Sinister torment him a little yeah, bit I sometimes. It's like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, those are two two very wise choices. What about you, Brooksy? Well, number one would be Apocalypse, obviously. Oh, badass. He, he has like the, and he has the whole ancient Egyptian motif, which is kind of a thing that always, yeah, I always had an interest in. Uh, two would be Sauron, actually. Wow, really? Wow. I did not expect. I that. always like Sauron, you know, just because he's just a pterodactyl man. <laughs> he's the man bad of the yeah. X Men universe. He is pretty awesome. I'm really surprised by that. And he's kind of like an evil rogue. Too, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a cool action figure back in the toy yeah, biz the to- days. Yeah, like a, the toy was probably a, what got me interested. Yeah, in the I got you. I was thinking of that panel from Spider-Man where he's fighting him, and he's like, "You're smart. You can use your power to cure cancer." He's like, like, "I, I want to turn people into dinosaurs." <laughs> yeah, that's from New <laughs> Avengers. Yeah, and he's like, "I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs." <laughs> he's like, I, I can feel that. I see you. Yeah, right. Yeah, at least he's honest. Yeah. What about you, John? 
I was going to say, somebody no one brought up yet. Magneto? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you not like Magneto? He's 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 one of those villains that you, you sympathize with him because you understand where he's coming from. Obviously, him and Xavier have the same ideas. They just take different approaches with it. I mean, and, and he's been through so much shit, so you can't help but, but you know, be compassionate for the man and understand yeah. where he's coming from. Um, but he's just such a badass. And yeah. who didn't have that poster in the 90s with like all the X-Men, but then... The, his face he, in the His middle. face is... Yeah, and he's holding his hand up and he's got like that metal ball, whatever the, the thing is. You know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I can't remember. The and, X-Men number one covers? Yeah, yeah. From yeah. the new X-Men. Yeah. 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 And uh, dude, Magneto was just so awesome. What about number two? Number two was uh, somebody who feels underrated. It isn't even in the X-Men comics, I don't think that much. Omega Red. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought it was such a cool. Yeah. Omega Red's an X. First off, he's got like that. This he's he's in other mall. You know, he's a Marvel villain. And other yeah. things. He's kind of his creation is mainly very, Wolverine and X Men. Yeah, he's very much a a failed uh, Soviet Superman. Soviet Superman. Yeah, he's basically their Captain America. Yeah, but yeah. but he really fights Wolverine and the other X Men. And then he's got so he's got those spores, whatever that weakens people or kills people. Then he's got those those metal things that the apparently is like yeah. carbonadium. Yeah, they're apparently yeah. like Russia's version of adamantium, but it's not as powerful. Or yeah, t- strong. I'd like that they tried to make adamantium and fail. That was his ultimate in Marvel's Capcom too, the carbonadium smasher. You know, I really remember his his introduction into the X Men comic books, the uh, the Jim Lee stuff, right after Claremont left. That was such a cool story back in the day, and the idea that just being near him, you would start dying, was like crazy. Yeah, he give off those spores now. You look at somebody like Wolverine who can reheal is pretty much immune to him, but yeah. a regular person would just be fucked. You know, both of mine have already been mentioned, but my absolute number one of all time is Apocalypse. It's just Apocalypse is, to me, the best X-Men villain. Like like Brooke said, he's got the Egyptian motif, so that's like automatically he's the going. the first one. Yeah, he's like, I'd love... And that's, he's Technically, just, he's the second one. I think Selene is supposed to be the oldest mutant now. Okay, okay, whatever. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I just love him. He's just got this great sense of, of, of like Machiavellianness. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't really get his hands dirty, but he's like uber powerful, but he just it's beneath him. He kinda like is obsessed with the survival of the fittest. And like we asked the question the other day, Brooks, what is he trying to save the world from? You know, like what's what's apocalypse scared of, you mm-hmm. know? And he's always there's been great apocalypse stories, but usually like he's not the centerpiece. Like he's just kind of like like Age of yeah, Apocalypse. The horsemen like, do all the heavy lifting, yeah. and a lot of wasted opportunity in that movie. The other one I wrote down was Magneto because you can't really you know top much Magneto. But uh, I feel bad that we everybody said Magneto obviously, so I feel like I got to throw. I know you didn't. You said Sauron and uh, Apocalypse. Yeah, I guess uh, one more I'll throw in there real quick is Onslaught. I like that. Oh uh, yeah, 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 I thought Onslaught was a really cool one. And uh, so it's not really a, he's, he's kind of he was kind of like more of a one shot villain. Though. Yeah, I get it, but I'm just saying that one shot story was better than yeah. It was pretty. He was pretty than, badass. It's better than every yeah. Juggernaut story, except <laughs> the best. The best Juggernaut story what about is in the one with X Force and Spider Man. No, dude? but the best Juggernaut story is in uh, is in Spider Man, but it's the one where like Spider Man has to like stop him on his own. Yeah, yeah. Roger Stern, I think, wrote that one. Anyway, Cassandra Nova's a great one mm-hmm. that nobody mentioned, and of course, Humanity. Well, you told me before the podcast your favorite was Pyro. Nah, <laughs> I do like him in X2, though. I think he's all right. Dude, he's, gr- he's great on screen. So let us know, of course, some of your favorite uh, X-Men heroes and villains in the comments down below. We're about to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about some of our favorite performances in X-Men film. We talked about some of our favorite heroes and villains, so now let's talk about the people who portray them. We'll be right back here on Pop Culture Philosophers.
Welcome back to Pop Culture Philosophers. We're talking about X-Men, all things X-Men. And uh, we're going to talk about the films a little bit, and especially our favorite performances. There's been some incredible actors cast in some roles that if you told me Sir Ian McKellen, for example, would be an X-Men film years ago, I would have told you to shut the hell up. <laughs> like, I didn't expect some of these big name actors to be in these roles, even though I love the comics. You know, most people... Um, Maybe the normal people, well, until they hit the big screen, a lot of people didn't know who the X-Men were, unless you were a combo person. And, uh, you know, there's been some just great performances. So I want to just reach out to you guys, ask you who are your favorite performances or which actors in your mind stood out in the X-Men live action. I'm going to start with Brooks. Are there, if you can name, if you can narrow it down to three, who are are a couple actors, performances that just stand out in your mind? They're just, just killing on the big screen, bringing these X characters to life. Well, uh, Hugh Jackman, obviously, was... Who would he play? Oh, his Wolverine. Uh, his I like how he answered you, like uh, Wolverine. You idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen's Magneto. I, I like him. I like that performance a lot. And uh, f- hmm. Dead Air. People love Dead Air. Yeah, I know. We only give you weeks to prepare for this. This dead air segment brought to you by blah 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 dot com. Well, I'll just say um, I'll go an easy one. Uh, Kelsey Grammer's Beast was a good one too. Ah, yeah, some love for Kelsey Grammer's. Beast. I like his Beast. That might have been one of the weakest movies of the franchise. Yeah, it's like he was a bright but, spot in a yeah. otherwise rather and he kind of like movie. the way he talks and carries himself. I see him being like the very smart version of Beast, which we yeah. were familiar with. Yeah, and the fact they got like I said, big roles. Like holy shit, you got Kelsey Grammer to play and all yeah. the makeup and shit. He went through that. Kelsey yeah. fucking Grammer. Of course he did. He doesn't do movies, man. I know. Movie money's different than TV money. Mm. He got heard he was paid in Trident layers though. That's true. So yeah, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. I mean, maybe he doesn't have the right build necessarily, but he got freaking ripped. He had the right hair. He did. He killed it. He really did kill it. I mean, that that's it's he's always going to be Wolverine. Unfortunately, even if he doesn't want to be, even if he doesn't want to return to the role, and he's done it what I think eight times. I think total. I think the only one to play a superhero more than him. I think he just got beat by uh, Tony Stark there. Mm. Old Downey Jr. And who else did you say? I think Adam West has a beat. I meant <laughs> in films. <laughs> and then who else was your? Who was your other one? Say Ian McKellen. Oh, Sir yeah. Ian McKellen. Okay, we always say we always put every we knight everybody on the show, but he actually is knight. He is a knight, Sir yeah. Ian McKellen. He would be great in Lord of the Rings. They should cast him in that. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they definitely should. <laughs> Jeremy, if you could narrow it down to three, or who are three standout performances in your mind that embody or do a good job pay, playing these X Men characters? Well, I feel like we're going to have a few repeats because I'm going to go ahead and say Ian McKellen as Magneto. Sir, ex- Sir Ian McKellen. I'm sorry. I, d- I messed up. We just said this. Um, <laughs> no, he put, is, I mean, is he really a knight, though? Does he like ride a horse knighted. in full armor oh, no, and do no, any no. of that stuff? I bet he... You don't know. Yeah, does, we don't know what he does, does in his Elton private John life. Does John do that? Does Paul McCartney... Does he ever wear armor? Sir Ian McKellen's the only one to know that can make metal like move across with his mind. He just dresses himself mm. with his mind. Um, and... Uh, Patrick Stewart, of course. Uh, yeah. Dude, Patty he is like, freaking... What a casting, like, that's who you people saw. Like, that's... Yeah. He's Xavier. Yeah. And then for him actually, like, oh, fuck it, I'll do the role. Unfortunately for James McAvoy, that's just... I still... I don't know. I, he do, he does okay. Yeah, I think he does Patty a good Stewart, job, but that's a lot to live up to. It's hard to fill those shoes. They're big. And um, uh, Hugh Jackman. I'm, I'm not even the hugest Wolverine fan, actually. Like, I don't know. The hype is too much for me. 
but his performance as Wolverine is, I mean, it's iconic now at this point. Yeah, he's done a really good job I with mean, the character, making you feel for the character, especially yeah. even in that first film. Does it hurt every time? Oh man, man. that gets you. That Logan, gets you, man. Logan is a, just emotional roller coaster. I'm he sorry, had great man. hair too. I know he has got like a stylist, but you know he had to grow the facial hair. I mean, yeah. a lot of that's natural and it's just modified. He looks like fucking Wolverine should look in real life. So those shoes to fill when they do another X Men film once Disney, you know, now that Disney has acquired the property, that's that's big, man. No matter who does it, you know the people are gonna get pissy. Be like, oh, he's not Hugh Jackman. The, you know, it's been that way with Batman, with Superman. People have trouble letting go of that role, yeah. and it's going to be a bigger for Wolverine, well, I think. It's like, you know, Christopher Reeves couldn't have played Superman forever, you know? Eventually, somebody else is going to have to step up and, you know, fill a role. Like, I'm sure Hugh Jackman, you know, you know, he did his time, and he, he did what he, I think he did what he wanted to do with the character. Yeah. Nothing. I think he also went on a great note. I mean, Logan's, Logan Logan's is a, great, a good movie to yeah, go out on. It is, man. He went out at like the high point. So good for him. What about you, Robbie? Well, I would say number one is one that hasn't been mentioned yet. Well, first of all, Ian McKellen, sir. Patrick Stewart, is he a sir yet? Oh, I kind of think he is. I think I, he is too. I don't think he's I don't, it. So I definitely would say those two, right? I mean, they're kind of like the cornerstone of yeah. uh, you know. And you say James McAvoy, um, I think he does a great job. And there, and like it's cool because he does a, he does a completely different thing at first, and then he slowly progresses into more of that regality that you have in someone like Patrick Stewart, right? Yeah, first class Xavier is like way different. From yeah, way like different. X-Men. I heard he's but, playing you know, a young Picard in the new show. <laughs> oh wow! But you you can see the 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 seeds there. Yeah. All right. My absolute favorite performance though in all of the X Men film, Michael Fassbender. Mm. He first of all, Ian McKellen is a great actor. Unfortunately, never really had. A lot of like great things written for him to do and say, right? Like there's some great lines in one and two. Three is decent, but like the stuff that Michael Fassbender gets to do, the story, um, the tragedy, the drama that he gets to 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 emote to the audience, dude, he kills it in every single movie. When his um, wife and daughter die in Days of Future Past, oh my goodness, in Apocalypse. Whatever you may think of the movie Apocalypse, that is the most badass thing cinematically Magneto has ever done on film, is when he's like tearing apart the earth using the magnetic field. Wait, his wife and daughter die in Apocalypse. Yeah, you're right, in Apocalypse. Yeah. 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 Apocalypse is not a very good X-Men movie, but Magneto is the strongest bit, and he's the strongest Mm -hmm. bit in every single one of those movies. Well, when I think about Sir Ian McKellen and, and Sir Patrick Stewart, I'm assuming he's knighted as well. Why not? Yeah. Um, these are some actors that are older actors, but they kind of set this bar and they're very respected, great actors. I mean, anybody who made a film or a show would be happy to have these guys cast in any role because yeah. it elevates the film. Absolutely. And there's not as many actors like that these days. But I think Fassbender is one of those actors. If you look at actors that are younger, that that that, that elevate. I mean, Fassbender, I think, was going to go down with one of the greatest actors of all time. And you don't see that as much anymore. Yeah. You know how, like, we went through all this stuff with Daniel Craig about every other James Bond movie. This like, is he going to come back? And then we always speculate who would be right for a while. Michael Fassbender, right. Could have been a great bond, but instead we have him as Magneto. I th- I'm glad that we have him as Magneto, his performance as Magneto. And it's Ian McKellen would have been able to do it too in his younger years. If he had a script like this too, but Fassbender like can carry that dichotomy of Magneto where you feel bad for him. And you're also terrified and scared of him, and 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 you're he's he's reprehensible, you know. But he's also very, 
he's very relatable at the same time. You know, what about you, John? The uh, um, he'd be great in an aliens film, <laughs> maybe as a robot. Maybe. Um, I'm gonna say Hugh Jackman, of course, is Wolverine. I mean, he does such a good job, and yeah, maybe he's not the right proportions, whatever. But first off, he got freaking jacked. He was already jacked, and he went from jacked to like crazy jacked. And he does such a good job. He does such a phenomenal job in Logan. Um, how can you not like him? Um, what I'm going to mention, uh, Alexander Ship as the young Storm in Apocalypse and in this film, uh, the newer film. Oh, yeah. Um, I really like her take on a younger version of Storm. I'm not knocking Halle Berry. I think her Storm is a little over the top in theatrical. But What happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? <laughs> it doesn't make it goddamn The same thing that happens to every other thing. Yeah. I guess, you know, they like cut something out that references, like they cut out a part that would make, apparently that scene would make more sense if they hadn't cut other stuff out of the film. Do you know that? Well, apparently I heard Joss Whedon say that she delivered the line wrong or somebody said that, like that she was supposed to be like, what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Hmm. Same thing that happens to everything else. Yeah, oh. But she delivered it like. Like one long line. <laughs> yeah, oh, weird. I heard it was something cut. Maybe that's not true. Maybe but, it was a reference to something else. But yeah, Alexander Ship. I didn't know she was from, first I'm like, oh, she's clearly foreign. You know, no, she's she lives in the U.S. She's from, she was from like some Nickelodeon show. I didn't know anything. Yeah, about Halle this Berry, person. her accent just she gave up. Yeah, you know, like you could tell that, right? They also gave up on the wig eventually too. They're like, whatever. Yeah, I think she brought it up at one point. Um, I don't know what show, but yeah, eventually, I guess it was too much for her to keep doing the accent. So they're like, you can just. It's completely gone by three. Yeah, it's mostly gone at two. Yeah, but it's completely gone at three. Hmm. I hate when I hate when and then there's there's other actresses and actors we could talk about that do that. In series and change. anyway, we won't get into that. Um, and then the last one I want to mention is how awesome is Evan Peters as Quicksilver? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's so funny. His visual effects. A lot of it has to do with his. He's got great lines and great visual effects to accompany his powers, and he's got some great scenes. So a lot of it has to do with the writing and the visual team. But he's awesome as Quicksilver, and he's a highlight of all the three films that he's in. Oh, I got some bad news for you regarding the new movie. Then. <laughs> yeah, man, he uh. Well, he's in it, and he's got a great scene, right? He's super awesome in it for the two seconds he's in it. Apparently. He doesn't have like a great scene though. It's, oh. it's, it's all right. Well, the rescue, the rescue scene was pretty good with him. Oh yeah, that it's, one's okay. Yeah, but it's not. Anywhere. That's kind of his cliche not thing, good though. As any well, of the stuff in his other other movies. He's he's, he's great in Days of Futures Past, and then it's like subsequent films. He gets a small rescue scene. I love him in in these X Men films, and then those scenes have been great. But man, he is so fast. He's way faster than Quicksilver should actually be. He's like light speed. In these movies, if you really think about it, it's crazy. I'm okay with it. Ha! So, of course, you wouldn't have these characters for these people to portray without the comic books, right? Right, John? They're based on comic books? Get yes, the fuck out. believe it or not. So, as, <laughs> as John said, 1963, Jack Kirby, Stanley create the X-Men. Um, it did not do very well whatsoever. It meandered around for a little bit. Other people came on. Roy Thomas, Neil Adams, they introduced some new characters, Havoc, the brother of Cyclops, uh, Banshee, things like that. Just doesn't good, do well. Yeah, Polaris. doesn't really do well. And then for a, a big period of time, for a few, like what, like two or three years, mm. X-Men was actually... Just reprints. They were just reprints of the early issues. And then someone had a great idea. Well, instead of canceling this title, let's just take, let's just make it new. Let's, let's make some new characters. So they took Wolverine who had just been introduced. They took the Banshee character. They added in Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus. That was giant size X-Men. They kind of did an international uh, X-Men team. Exactly. Like, or a more diverse team. Yeah, Xavier goes around the world and recruits different mutants. Oh, and that's yeah. where you get Storm with the... Yes, yeah. and Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler. Colossus. Yeah. And then um, that, that was Len Wayne and Dave Cockrum, but then Chris Claremont came on, wrote the X-Men for years, right? 
and really wrote a lot of the like Dark Phoenix, Days of Future Past, John Byrne, Dave Cockrum, um, lots of different artists. Jim Lee eventually it led all the way up into the 90s. The huge explosion of X-Men popularity in the 90s, Fatal Attractions, Age of Apocalypse, Onslaught, Zero Tolerance. It gets bigger and bigger. And then in the 2000s, they started doing things like kind of went down a little bit, but they had new X-Men, which is real big. And then after that, they kind of meandered around a little bit, of course. And then they get into the whole Messiah Complex thing. Mm-hmm. And then they get into schism, and then it's kind of been like X-Men's been off and on a little bit since then. And now we got Jonathan Hickman about to come and do a definitive run on oh, X-Men. I'm oh so, so so excited for that. I'm looking forward to so this. So excited, so excited. The guy right? who messed up the Fantastic Four so Oh, bad. whatever. Get that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brooks is being facetious, just so you know. But, um, yeah. So great stuff, great artists, great writers, a great run, great runs on X-Men. Of course, they spun out in other titles, X-Factor, X-Force, Excalibur, any kind of X you can think of, Generation X. Extreme X-Men, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, of course, all that jazz, right? So let's talk about the comic books because there wouldn't be anything like animated series or movies or toys without the comic books. And we're all here because we love X-Men. And the reason why we love X-Men is because of the comic books. We were all age appropriate for that big explosion of X-Men in the early 90s. Early not, right? Oh, yeah. So what I want to know, first of all, we'll go through writers. What are your two favorite writers? Who are your two favorite writers? Brooks for X-Men. Well, I gotta give it. I gotta give it to Chris Claremont. Absolutely. I mean, right? I mean, he he, he had to, like, he revived the X Men, you know, and he had to he had to weigh with the high drama, you know, raising the stakes, uh, and you know, making the characters interesting, you know, giving them problems instead, you know, kind of like how Stan Lee did with the Fantastic Four, you know. Like, yeah. Everybody has a problem. Everybody's dealing with something. You know, out of out of all the famous most known X-Men stories, the majority of them are Claremont stories. Oh, yeah. Days of Future Past, Mutant Massacre. Some great stuff there, man. Did what you see a- him at the show, by the way? Were you at the panel or did you meet him? Or I did not, know. He was awesome, wasn't he? Just he was awesome a great guy. dude. He's a really, really, really great dude. Really good dude. What about number two? Probably Fabian Isiasa, actually. Ah, that's another wrote, great dude he, I met. He wrote, he wrote a lot of the... Uh, he wrote a lot of Fatal Attraction. Yeah, the stuff when I was coming up in the X-Men. You know, yeah. He took over X-Men after... Um, Claremont left. Yeah. Yeah, he's also a really good dude. He was the co-creator of Deadpool, you know? Yeah, actually. Uh, you met, met him, him, right? Yeah. 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 He was, yeah, I was going to say he was recently in town as well. Yeah, he was. Really cool dudes. Yeah, those are two great choices. What about you, Jeremy? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Grant Morrison. Okay. I know he had mixed feelings on writing X-Men, but I personally, I enjoyed it. I think it's, some, it's what got me more into X-Men. Like, I read X-Men on and off in the 90s, but I wasn't quite old enough i guess like i missed out on all the claremont stuff because that was way before my time uh-huh. um but in about two, when new x-men started in 2000 i picked up a uh, first issue and i was like oh man this is pretty dope it's time to get back into x-men oh it was great. doing amazing and then like you know uh frank quietly on art amazing oh, i just love awesome. frank quietly in general yeah, just so. great artist you know the x-men franchise had been just floundering right and and like it was basically throughout most of the 90s the X-Men books were written by the editors. It was Mark Powers. It was Bob Harris. They kind of dictated what was going on. Even like when writers like Joe Kelly and Steven Siegel had amazing runs that they were working on, they got neutered. They got cut off. They got fired because they wouldn't go along with what the editors wanted. Turned out not to be so good. They tried to bring Chris Claremont back when the movie came out, the first X-Men movie. And one of the parts of Morrison's pitch for his X-Men run was that you just had a very successful movie and you can't capitalize that on it. Like someone that watches the X-Men movie comes into the comic shops. They can't, they're, they're confused. They don't know what's going on. 
The X-Men, especially in the 90s, and you guys can attest to this, they had a bad problem with just letting s- subplots <laughs> just drag on to death. The legacy, legacy virus, virus, the yeah. 12, you know, things like that. They just kept going and going until eventually there is no ultimate resolution. It's not satisfying. And and that's what they were doing. They were It was a soap opera, yeah. you know? You yeah. also had to read four X-Books every month to know what the <laughs> hell was... They have what, even a concept of what was going on. I mean, there's one difference between crossovers and them expecting you to read that many X books. Absolutely. What about uh, your second writer? Oh, uh, Joss Whedon, of course. Oh, nice. Astonishing X Men. Uh, yeah, right man. after Morrison. Yeah. I love me some Astonishing. It's amazing. And I like Joss Whedon's approach to writing a lot. Yeah. Just, I'm a huge Buffy fan. Angel, even. I don't even care. Yeah. Um, so to see that transferred into X Men. Oh man, that was just a joy. That's a crazy was, run. Yeah, dude, it's it's sometimes convoluted, but I mean, so was uh, Grant Morrison. But either way, I mean, that convoluted story still it resolved itself. When you're talking about that, like how the '90s had issues resolving storylines, yeah. it's like, hey man, Joss Whedon knows how to resolve him yeah, a story. He sure did. That was so, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, really good. Now it's time to astonish them. What about yes. you, John? I I feel like I'm gonna elaborate down because <clears throat> I've got Chris Claremont. And Fabian, <laughs> I got the same ones. Yeah, you're not letting anybody. You're not letting one. anybody down. I know, but I feel like Stop I'm not original. Me, I feel like I'm not I know, original. I know you're trying to be cool. Yeah, man. I did copy his notes before <laughs> class. Um, how do you say his last name? Fabian Nicieza. Okay. Um, yeah, because I mean, the two, one of my favorite storylines is his, and then of course Chris Claremont gave us obviously Dark Phoenix and and was was it God loves man? God what loves is, man kills. Yeah, as yeah, and, and, and I don't know. Chris Claremont's probably my favorite, yeah. period. Um, to me, Claremont, but my number one is Morrison. I mean, Claremont, we've said enough about, and he is genuinely a super cool dude. I've never met Grant Morrison. He obviously, you guys know, is my favorite writer. Yeah, yeah I knew he would probably come up. I love New X-Men, and one of the, my favorite things about New X-Men, first time, it feels like a school. Yeah, it does. Right? Because yeah. he gave everybody detention. It's not a school. <laughs> like, you grow up reading X-Men, you're like, this is not a school. This is a strike force. Because like the the, the, <laughs> the students were always on a separate team. Yeah, because it was like Generation like, X. Yeah, Generation yeah. X or X Force or, or the New, New Mutants. Mutants. Yeah. yeah. But like this actually made it feel like a school. Like the movie did. And that's something the movie did really well was you no, know, they have students. The, the, the X Men are teachers and professors mm. and seeing Wolverine teach classes. <laughs> seeing Wolverine as headmaster. Oh, that was great. great Wolverine Martian. and the X Men. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about Jason Aaron's run on yeah. Wolverine yes. and the X Men. That's a great yeah. one too. That's good. What class did he teach? He, he was the headmaster. There was a, in in the Morrison run. Doesn't he teach something like uh, he teaches something about fighting or something yeah, like, like yeah. hunting like or combat or something? Yeah. Okay, but he eventually does become the professor of the entire school. One of my Jesus. great. That's, one of my and, favorite characters comes out of Grant Morrison's run. Actually, which one? Uh, Kid um, Kid Omega. Kid Omega yes. is great. Quentin, Quentin, Quentin Choir. Oh, I love absolutely. Him. You know, we him. didn't mention him when we were talking about favorite characters. Yeah, absolutely. Cassandra Nova comes from that run. Yep. Beak comes from that run. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's his name? The Glob? Yeah, oh, yeah. Glob, Glob Herman. Herman. Yeah. 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 Lights Great himself on fire doing you know? the mutant riots. Morrison created a lasting imprint on, on, on New X-Men, and, and a lot of people do have, you know, like this, this negative opinion about it, but, like, it sold very well. Um, the only problem was that it was very inconsistent on the art. Speaking of art, let's talk about some of our favorite X-Men artists. John, what about you? I was going to say, it's hard to narrow it down because there's some storylines I really like and artists may change on that storyline or some big crossovers where there's multiple artists. So it's hard to pinpoint some narrow down. Marvel has had some fantastic artists on X-Men and some not so fantastic. Two that stand out in my mind, John Byrne, when he worked with Claremont, obviously Phoenix Saga as well as some other stuff. I really like John Byrne's art style. 
And John uh, Burns, one of my favorites, period. Yeah. Fantastic Four, Superman, Next Men, Alpha Flight, but X-Men's where it started for him, really kicked his career and, off. And uh, Andy Kubert, is that how you say Andy Kubert, yeah. yeah. I really like his stuff. Uh, Brooks is a big fan of yeah. Andy Kubert. Yeah. When I got to meet Andy Kubert, I had a, I had him write, Hey Brooks, on a piece of paper, and he held it up and took a picture. But at the flash whited out the whole picture, so it just looks like he's smiling, holding up this blank piece of paper. <laughs> Isn't our school named after him? Isn't there our school? It's named after his father, oh, Joe. Because him thing. and his brother were both X-Men artists. Uh, Adam well, did Adam was Wolverine. Wolverine yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then his brother did, I mean, his father did what, comics or Joe something Joe Kubert, yeah. He did like Hawkman back in the day. He did Sergeant oh. Rock comic books back in the day. He I did recently not know passed away a few years ago, but he also started the Joe Kubert yeah. School of Comic Book Art. Okay. And he's obviously, it's in their blood because they're all great yeah. artists. Apparently. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Those are two really good artists. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I went with you first so that nobody, that you didn't have to steal anybody's answers. Well, um, what about you, Brooks? Well, Andy Kubert would be. Would be the, my first one. Obviously. Oh, John already said that. Yeah. Yeah. You. Why well, you copying me? <laughs> ah, fuck off, you. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, of course, Andy Kubert did what X Men number twenty five. Yeah. Fatal Attractions, where Wolverine yeah. gets his adamantium ripped out by Magneto. He did a lot of the uh, the onslaught era. Yeah. He did some really. He got, good he got stuff. a start in the uh, Executioner song story. Yeah. He did the uh, wedding of Gene and Scott. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good run. Yeah, and. Uh, Dave Cockrum's another one I really liked. You tell me they actually got married. It wasn't just it led up to a comic where they didn't get married and just dicked yeah, everybody but, over. But then Gene died, so technically they're not married anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now Dave Cockrum, of course, was the guy that did Giant Size X Men and did X Men with Claremont before Byrne came on. Yeah. Good stuff. I especially like his Storm. He made her very cat-like. You know, yeah. I I got Dave Cockrum on my list, so I'm going to take this opportunity to to talk with you about him. Mm. Um, he draws my favorite Wolverine. Yeah. He draws him like his his. Whatever you want to call Wolverine's thin things, right? <laughs> Whatever you want to call those. It looks more like it's, you know, just like his hair slicked back. Kind yeah, of. right? But like his thin things on his mask, yeah. right? Dave Cockrum draws them just like straight, like like pointy triangles, yeah. like almost Batman-like. And I just love it. I love the way he draws it. kind of how they, uh, like, uh, they kind of went back to that with the Astonishing X-Men. I yes, think. and the way that they, and the way Cockrum drew Nightcrawler. Because in the 90s, they always had to be a go out. Yeah. It just got further and further and more ridiculous. Dave Cockrum drew one of my favorite X-Men stories ever, which was one of the first ones I ever read. And it's the one where they go to Banshee's ancestral home and yeah. Juggernaut and Black Tom are there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I love that. And that's the first time that you ever get Wolverine's name, Logan. And it's a bunch of leprechauns, and they know his name. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of random leprechauns. It's so weird. And wait, so let's back up here. Is his hair like that because he wears the mask like that? Or What's, is his mask shaped like his hair? I know. It's so weird. What's really crazy is that Wolverine first appeared with that mask, and he never took that mask off for a long time. Yeah. So it was up to John Byrne, or Dave Cockrum drew what he thought Wolverine looked like, which he knew was Canadian. He was just going to have a normal 1977 haircut, and it was going to be blonde. And then... I don't know why, but John Byrne <laughs> just did the. I don't know why. I don't know why. But it's iconic, is it not? No, it is. It, yeah. But when you watch the first couple X Men films, don't you go, man, that's dumb? <laughs> no, I think it looks great. Oh, no, it doesn't. I think it looks great. The best Hugh Jackman's hair looks like in all those movies is Logan because they they're not even worried about it. Oh, and it looks. It, it's a lot shorter in. Uh, the doofiest is the first one. Yeah, what's the third one? Is good. Last Dan. No, the third uh, Wolverine film. Logan? Because Origins not good. No. Logan is the third Wolverine film. No, it's Origins. The Wolverine oh. and then Logan. Oh, sorry. I fucked that up then. <laughs> I thought there was one in between. 
The Wolverine's actually good. Who are your favorite X-Men artists? Um, I just... Did I tell you? Oh, yeah, yeah you yeah, told yeah, me yeah. first. What about you, Jeremy? <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm, th- uh, I'm going to mess up his last name because I, I think I've seen multiple pronunciations of it, but Chris Bocciolo? Bocciolo? Bocciolo. Bocciolo. Bocciolism. Yeah, I don't know. I just I enjoy his Generation art. X art. He him and Scott Lobdell. Yep. Lobdell did it uh, back in the day. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. I mean, he writes more recent stuff. Or he does art for more recent stuff. Yeah, he too. did. He did the uh, some of the Bendis yeah. Uncanny X Men run. I exactly. like his Spider Man stuff too. Yeah, yeah, he's doing some great Spider Man work. Right Didn't now. Generation X the first one have that crazy metallic cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember cover. that. Um, yeah, I, I like I like his art. I like his uh, lines. His line approach is a little thick. I'm a fan of thicker lines and characters. Yeah, his composition is great too. Yeah, he throws a lot on a page. Mm. Yeah. Um, other artists, uh, Frank Quietly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just Dude, Frank Quietly is oh so awesome. Just because, I mean, yeah, X Men, but also just in general, um, <laughs> I enjoy his art also. Yeah. His uh, because he defines. I mean, he makes characters pop. They are defined. Absolutely. Like they look real. I like yeah. his Emma Frost because I think he makes her look like she would actually you know look. Like a human? Like she's like <laughs> she's just constantly looking down at you. Yeah. <laughs> With the attitude. You know, um, I, I love his I love his Charles, his Xavier. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. On my list, we had Dave Cockrum on my list. I also have Frank Quietly. I just love Frank Quietly and, and his design on Zorn, which was a, another great character and, and idea that Morrison introduced. Yeah. Uh, as controversial as it is that it's actually in fact a drug addicted uh, Magneto, who's trying to sleep with a what, like nineteen-year-old or eighteen-year-old Stepford? Right? Yeah. It's a little weird. It's a little all over the place, but you know, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think at that moment he was just trying to end it. But that at the end of of that run, so let's get to runs real quick. We are running long on this segment, so real quick, what are your two favorite X Men stories? It can be an entire run. You can cheat and say all of Chris Claremont's run. You can choose the storyline. You can choose a single issue. Jeremy, two favorite X Men comics. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and keep repeating myself and say astonishing. Yep, it's amazing. Astonishing. To me. Yeah. I love me some astonishing. What's the other one? Is it new? Yeah, it's yep. new. There you yeah, go. It's, I'm sorry to be predictable. Yeah, but, but it's, I mean, but, a lot of this is already forecast, and who our favorite artists and writers are. Right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of 2000s X Men is really what defined it. I was interested in X Men before that, of course, cartoons and random issues I would pick up yeah. when I had the opportunity. But in the 2000s, man, that's what defined my love for X Men. Yeah. So of course, I'm gonna keep coming back to it. Those are good picks. So. What about you, John? I would say, besides the Dark Phoenix saga, um, one that I really enjoyed because I was in a comic super big at the time in the 90s with uh, Fatal Attractions. Oh, yeah. I remember going and getting all the issues and with the holographic like inserts yeah, on the covers. hologram, yeah. And then we learned that Wolverine's at his, he's got the damn claws and their bone underneath them. Because you always think that the metal, yeah. although it makes more sense. But that, we always thought that the, the claws were added by Weapon yeah, X. By yeah, by Weapon X as part of the whole thing. And so... He's got these bone, and then just see the metal pulled out of him, and he's like suffering, and it was uh, it's badass. You and know, I'm surprised it, Magneto never did that before. Like, right? They could have. They, they pushed him too far. Yeah, Magneto had a bad day. This is like Magneto after falling down, the uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, film, right. <laughs> um, he also fucks Cable up pretty bad yeah. in Fatal Attraction. Yeah, he destroys Cable. Yeah, he just like rips him up to shreds, man. Those are really good stories, man. Yeah, anybody that has a lot of metal on them, they should fear. Yeah, right. Fear. Even like people that like, I was in a car accident. I had a hip replacement with this metal. Oh, fuck. Avoid Magneto. <laughs> yeah, right. What about you, Brooks? Well, uh, the Executioner song is a story oh, yeah. that I have always had a really strong affinity for. It's, one of the, it's actually the first complete X-Men you know, story that I ever read. And uh, Fatal Attractions, of course. Still like, in John's yeah. answers again. You son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, you... 
Kiss my ass, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you like those so much? Well, it's, it's it's like the drama in them, really. You know, like they they, they shaped the uh, basically the landscape of the X Men universe, like for years and years to come. Like, and it it started with those two stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm going to sidetrack real quick, but when I was a kid, I don't know how young I was. I was a kid. It was in the early 90s and maybe mid-90s. I was going to trade this guy, Robbie, different Robbie, my Fatal Attraction books for his X-Men 266, First Appearance of Gambit. That's a pretty mm. good deal. And yeah. and then somebody at school, we met at school to trade, and then somebody's like, what are you doing that for? The X-Men's worth way more, and he backed out at the last second. I'm like, son of a bitch. Serves you right, buddy. <sighs> my favorite X-Men stories, obviously, number one, new X-Men. Grant Morrison. It, it, just, it felt like a school. I love the, the uniform uniform. Like the E for Extinction. Uh, I love that whole E for Extinction. That's the best part I love, of Phoenix. I love that beast. I love Cassandra Nova. Right at Xavier's. When, it die, when Gene dies at the end of that, it's just so heartbreaking, and it really is the best iteration of a Phoenix saga, in a way, yeah. right? Even though it's not really dark Phoenix or whatever. The other one is God Loves, Man Kills. Mm. Uh, Chris Claremont's best work on X-Men, one of the most important X-Men fil- books out there. Um, when I met Chris Claremont, I had him sign my copy of it, and I said, I think this is one of the absolute best and most important X-Men stories ever, and he looked at me and he said, of course. <laughs> I wrote it to be that way. Yeah, that's what I got signed by him, too, funny yeah. enough. Yeah. And he, I, I told uh he said something about the language, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a little racy. It's pretty. It's, yeah. it's a little, it's a little yeah. rough sometimes, but yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing." Yeah, he was making the point about what 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 it was all supposed to mean, and 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 then he actually he compared Stryker to uh to uh Pence. Mm. He said <laughs> he to me he looked at it. He opened it up, and where he signed it, that's where you see Reverend Stryker, and he goes, "Doesn't he look like Mike Pence to you?" Oh hmm. my God! You, oh man! You, he was also at the panel. Wow. He was very political, and and I'm like, dude, you're in Alabama. You might want to. And he was <laughs> doing some anti-Trump stuff, and I'm all like, yeah, rock on. But like, I was like, dude, you're in Alabama. You're not scared. He's like, I'm Chris Claremont. Chris I'm not Claremont. scared. <laughs> what are you gonna? What are they gonna do to yeah. him? And, and then, then I, the Blackbird jet came down and picked him up, and he flew away. And then I took him to get a Coke and an ice cream cone. This is simple. This is like I want him to. I want him to adopt me as my. As can you? Can you adopt someone to be your grandchild? He could be his ward. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Can you adopt somebody to be your grandfather if they don't consent? Like yeah. Chris Claremont's my. Grandfather. Of course, these great X Men stories in the comics have led to some great adaptations in animation, right, John? No, unfortunately, <laughs> no. Um, Every X Men cartoon sucked. I'm surprised the X Men didn't get something animated till the late 80s because you had Fantastic Four, you had Spider-Man, you had other things that had made it into animation. I don't know how long it took too long, so long for animation. For X-Men, it took so long, I don't know why. You know, it could have been that, that we were dealing with this huge cast. I'm not sure. So in the very tail end of the 80s, we got Pride of the X-Men, which is sort of a, like a one-shot. And that um, there's some sort of conjunction there with Konami because Konami based their video game on that artwork. And that led to... Uh, that popularity and that art style led to the X-Men 90 show, a show I think we all love, a show I think we all know the song to. Um, that was actually, yeah, it was a very popular show Saturday mornings. Um, they definitely had a lot of issues with getting the show made, but once the show was made, the show was very successful. Unfortunately, Marvel wasn't so successful because they had filed bankruptcy during the show, and Saban had stepped in and paid to finish the show out and pay for the remaining episodes. It's pretty awesome. I think Marvel was bought by Toy Biz at that time, if I believe. Yes. And then Toy Biz was also counting on that because the figures, including Absolutely. X-Men figures. Um, so after the 90s show, 
uh, we got X Men Evolution a couple years after that. We which is like they're like teenagers. Yeah, it was after the uh, the X Men movies came. Yeah, out. yeah, they there was a popularity. It was like a WB show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a popular. They were they were, I guess like X Men are popular. Let's do a kid version. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. the teenage. I wasn't it was a big definitely fan aimed towards a younger audience, but. And yeah. then uh, after that, we got a show on the W. Okay, yeah, they ran on the show Red W for three years. I didn't know it ran that long. And then 2009, we got, uh, because of the popularity of Wolverine especially, we got Wolverine and the X-Men. That was on Nick Nicktoons. That was in 2009. And then in 2011, we had a very short uh, anime. I think it was like a straight-to-DVD series. Yeah, that uh, Warren Ellis wrote. Yeah, it was yeah. an anime. That they, yeah, again, they did a Wolverine and Iron Man and Blade and the X-Men. Yeah, I think the closest The X-Men to, was the weakest out of all of them. I think... The X Men '90s, I think, was probably closer to the comics than the, most of the series. Cause, well, they like straight up, almost like faithfully adapted a lot of yeah, stories. A lot man. of times too, they the comic. I'm sorry, when things get make it from a comic to a show, they change the art style for maybe convenience or because they or, or it works better. Like look at the Batman animated show, which was great, but it's you know they, they deviated from that. They had their own art style. The '90s when I just felt like it was really close to the storyline and the art of the comics. Yeah, love that show. But yeah, they've been pretty successful. Was on that the, was it your favorite the '90s X Men? Oh yeah, by far. And that really, I mean, I was reading X Men at the time anyway, and so having on you know watch it on TV just just made me a bigger. Yeah, it was X-Men groundbreaking, fan. dude. It was such a big deal. It was my it's my favorite too. Yeah. I, was, I also really do like Wolverine and the X Men. It's yeah, never really, was really good. I was really never in the evolution, yeah. but I did I like Wolverine and the X-Men. I don't think Wolverine and the X-Men, it kind of reminds me, I enjoy it, and it does remind me, the art style reminds me of like the Batman and Superman show that I talked about. Yeah. It's that style, but it works. It's a good storyline, good characters. They they went in the, I don't know, I didn't care for the, the evolution one, but I did, yeah, I did like it. It's not as my, I don't like as much as the 90s. I one, didn't but, mind yeah. evolution, actually. Yeah. I thought it was all right. Well, why is that? Um, I mean, until the end, because I started trying to, um, basically forecast they were going to do a dark phoenix saga type deal but it never came out the show was canceled but i think it was a good ad- adaptation to get younger viewers into the show in the comics even um they were in high school yeah so i mean it was again it was closer to being like a school type deal instead of them going out and just like fighting random threats oh, it's yeah. like uh we're more like like an assassin or a strike force type team you said that earlier i think somebody said that earlier yeah but um yeah they're more like school kids that sometimes have to deal with like random other evil mutants. It was great too to to also really just take the height of the the X Men's popularity with the movie, yeah, and throw something out there for kids. They had the black costume still. Brooks, yo, do you have a TV? <laughs> Did you watch any of these animated shows? Actually, the uh, the ninety series got me into X Men in the first place. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, my best friend at the time. Uh, he was getting in, into comics, and he he told me about the X Men cartoon come up, and I'd watch it. And I was I was really into it, and then I end, eventually ended up buying a lot of his comics that he was selling, and that's when I got started collecting X Men comics, pretty much. It was a great cartoon, so I get, I yeah. guess, I mean, other than the fact that you jumped into maybe that period of the '90s, the story and the storylines were confusing that you're jumping into, but yeah, the fact that it introduced you to this great comic series is pretty awesome because the show yeah. was the show I, I'm really again it, it borrowed really hold, a lot of storyline I mean yeah but I really liked Wolverine and the X-Men too that it just it was just so disappointing that they didn't follow up on after that first season because you know at the end it has Apocalypse yeah and I was like oh man why couldn't they do that the whole thing's building up to that yeah yeah 
Did anybody get their the VHSs when Pizza Hut had them? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. had it had the, Bob it Harris had the, talking to Stanley, with Stanley and Fabian Ecieza. Bob Scott Harris, Lobdell. Scott Lobdell, yeah. Yeah, I just remember being excited and getting those and having to go and get all of them. I still got the DVD sets. They're right there of the X-Men animated series from the I 90s. Know. I didn't know there was Impressive. a DVD set. Yeah, man, yeah. I still have my VHS. And, you know, one of the things that really, you know, with a great cartoon always comes a great toy line. You think of Masters mm. of the Universe. You think of of uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Power Rangers, even, not, even though it's not animated. The Rainbow, Wolverine, Rainbow Bright. Even though the X Men toy line in the '90s wasn't necessarily directly about the TV show, it went right along with oh, it. Oh yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. let's talk about toys real quick. First of all, the first X Men toys came out in 1991. It, toy Biz did these little lines. It was Cyclops. It was uh, Wolverine, Storm, Archangel. Cable. Well, yeah, no, that's the, the first line didn't have cable. Yeah, it didn't have cable yet. Nightcrawler, Colossus, yeah. Magneto. Apocalypse, Juggernaut. Juggernaut. And what's crazy is that they're based on late 80s designs. (laughs) So that when it released... Brown Wolverine. X-Men number one by Jim Lee, which, by the way, during the whole artist segment, nobody said Jim Lee. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's uh, weird. Most people probably would, but we know know what the deal is. We know what the score is. I like Jim Lee. It just wasn't... I had to narrow it down to two. We talked about that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he might have been like a fifth or a fourth for me. Yeah, yeah, he's down. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, props to Jim Lee, obviously. But with the popularity of the Jim Lee X-Men comic and the popularity of the cartoon and the first series didn't look anything like him. Like Storm was in her black costume. Cyclops is in his Mm -hmm. X-Factor costume. Um, Colossus wasn't in that animated series. Um, Nightcrawler wasn't with the X-Men at the time. Exactly. Neither was Colossus. And, uh, but... That toy line is so great. Then they continue to do toys all throughout the 90s. Ever since then now, because Toy Biz did the, the animated, they, I mean, the animated, so they did they did so many different X-Men toys. They eventually did like Phoenix Saga toys, Age of Apocalypse toys. Toy Biz did the X-Men movie toys for X-Men, the, the first movie. And then ever since then, it's mostly now Marvel Legends Yeah, that gets the X-Men toys. And, uh, and those have gone, gone from like Toy Biz to Hasbro now. Yeah. And uh, some great toys... Um, some great play sets. We all had X Men toys. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah I had a few. Jeremy, what were your what were your favorite X Men toys? Um, the only one I really can remember is Iceman. When I mentioned earlier, I had the yeah, the I first guess the Ice first Man. the first Iceman. Um, he's that clear plastic or something. Yeah, he's like a clear plastic. You could uh, what put them in the refrigerator or something. Yeah, it would change colors. Oh really? Um, that's pretty yeah. awesome. I, um, that's the one I remember the most. I actually held on to that for a very long time. I was surprised. And then I lost it like shortly after I moved here. Your mom in- yeah. put him in a drink accidentally and drank. <laughs> oh my! Oh, I think I think she would have noticed. Melts. Figure just melts into the drink. I think she would have noticed. You know, I mean, it's newer, but I'm actually super proud of the uh, Coda Bakia art effects uh, Magneto. Oh yeah, the art effects stuff is dude. All it's fantastic. so dope. It's got him with the um. He's in the sleeveless costume with the black. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Oh yeah, I know that's, what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, with favorite. the assless chaps, I have that one. Oh ah. yeah, man, leather daddy Magneto. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a tight butt, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, John? Um, I so Toy Biz, the '90s obviously had great figures. My introduction to X Men before I even read the comics. One of my favorite figures is a kid. I had uh, Magneto from the Secret Wars figures. Is that figure right. line Magneto, and he didn't have a cape. Those are some of the first X Men figures because there was a Wolverine and a Magneto. Yeah, see, I had I had Magneto, and I had Doctor Octopus and Spider Man. So yeah. I had those three from that line. Nice. Um, I quickly lost Doctor Octopus's tentacles because he did have those. Yeah. Um, Magneto never had a goddamn cape. Didn't have a cape. He did have a shield for some reason. Yeah, they all had a shield. It yeah. was the gimmick. Yeah, but uh, that 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 was one of my favorite. I'd say during the Toy Biz, not pre Toy Biz, like that whole line though. My favorite was 
Magneto, I thought he just looked badass with his helmet and everything. I didn't even know who this character was. I thought he was the coolest looking character. For, for Secret Wars? Yeah. Okay. What about from the Toy Biz line? From the Toy Biz? Oh, I also had Iron Man from Secret Biz. Um, um, from uh, Secret Biz. What do you call <laughs> Super, Secret Wars. Yes. Yes, I had this Iron Man. Oh, this Iron Man is great. I thought Iron Man was is badass. Is that the Spider-Man you have that's up there on Terminator? It looks like him. Is that the, is that the yeah, one? Yeah, that's the one. Um, Toy Biz. I didn't have a lot. I, I was at a point where I wasn't really buying or collecting figures. My buddy was. And so we used to, you know, go to toy shops looking for figures. The only one I remember having was Sabretooth, which I think you saw when you used to live with me because it was the moment he squeezed his legs. One, yeah. yeah, and his like his mouth and his arms move or whatever. Yeah, his arms move. His mouth does it. His yeah, arms his... and his mouth move. Okay, I remember him being badass. This. My brother had the Wolverine from that series. Um, does his claws retract? I think his claws retract, but it had a weird thing on his hands. So his claws. Oh, yeah. could... I just remember it being I a know weird. That one. I don't remember it being a very good figure in my opinion. What about you, Brooks? I know you had a lot of these. Well, yeah, the, f- the first ones I remember my grandma got them for me was uh, Wolverine, the second one, and Sabretooth. You know, the Sabretooth had the uh, chest thing on his stomach with the claw marks. Yeah, that one. The orange <laughs> the orange one. With the, the healing factor. <laughs> it's like, really, when you look at him, he doesn't look anything <laughs> like the Sabretooth from the series. He looks like kind of like weird that's, hair thing. Like we're saying, that's, ex- that's Sabretooth from like the late 80s. Yeah, but my favorite was always the Sentinel. Oh, yes. Like, this is... Right over there. Oh, the big ass Sentinel. Yeah, I was jealous. I never had the Sentinel. Yeah. The Sentinel's a great piece, man. Yeah. You know, for me, um, I got the Sentinel on here too. That's great. I love the first five Wolverine figures that Toy Biz did. The brown costume one, where you could take the mask off and it's a ring, mm-hmm. and his claws retract and they stay in. Then I love number two, where he's in the tiger stripe costume. Number three, where he's in the uh, yellow and blue without a mask. Did Magneto have a costume figure or figure where his helmet was huge because it went out, it fit on him? Yeah, the first, the first one. one, and it was yeah. like abnormally funny, like yeah. almost like humorously yeah. large. Yeah, and his action feature was that he was an actual magnet. Yeah, right? he had oh, a magnet in serious? his chest yeah. and his hands. Yeah, and he could hold these little <laughs> weapons to him. The second one like had a spark thing in his. To chest. finish off the Wolverine thing, Wolverine Four was the Weapon X one. Yeah. Wolverine Five was Spy Wolverine. I love that one. Oh, I remember the Spy Wolverine. Yeah. I love the Apocalypse Two action figure. Yeah, that looks like. That big one right there, but small. The Sentinel, Iceman 2. Mm-hmm. I like the one you're talking about, but yeah. the second one, he had the... Because, you know, like, they started drawing him with hair, and oh, he, yeah, he yeah. could, like, get big, and he had, like, these big yeah, fists had, like, the and stuff. icicle things on his back. Yeah. And the, and the, okay. fir- the I love hands. I love that first Nightcrawler figure with the suction cups yeah. so much. Oh, I remember the suction cup one. It's such a faithful adaptation of that's what... That's from the first line? Yeah, that's from okay. Series 1. And uh, since you said the Sentinel, I'll go ahead and throw the Blackbird in there, the X-Jet, because yes. I just recently got that. It's right over here by me. Good stuff. So we've been reminiscing about the comic books, the performances, the animated series, the toys. Man, that was a long segment, but wasn't that fun, guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll awesome. be right back with the meat. We're going to ask you what your favorite X-Men film is, and we're going to reveal our top five favorite X-Men films of all time. When we come back here on Pop Culture Philosophers... Welcome back to Pop Culture Philosophers. We're talking about X-Men. And actually, Robbie, I think you reached out to the old social media. I think you were asking people their favorite uh, think their favorite X-Men film, I believe. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. So I asked everybody on social media what their favorite X-Men film was. Here's some Twitter responses. Nicholas said X-Men and First Class. Jordan said First Class. Rob said X-Men and Logan. 
Dalton said X2, The X said Logan, Days of Future Past, First Class, in that order. And Ismail said Logan. Now let's jump over to the PCP Army. That's the official Pop Culture Philosophers Facebook group. Michael Finley, you know we love Finley. Finley says X2. Brian Weaver says Days of Future Past. James Donahoe says Logan. Taylor says First Class. Matt says Logan. L.W. Allen from Dance Panda Comics says X2. Alex Inkster, our good buddy Alex, says First Class. Nelson says Logan. Adam says Doom Patrol. <laughs> That's funny. Gene says Apocalypse. Hmm. Hmm. Mark says Logan. Audrey says Tied for Logan and X-Men, the 2001. Um, Jelani, good old buddy of the show. In fact, a member of the Excitable PCP crew himself says Logan. Kevin says Logan. Richard says Logan. Andre says Logan. Jesus. David Hatch says Logan and Days of Future Past. And Declan says X2 followed by Deadpool 2. And Tommy says First Class. A lot of Logans there. But thank yeah. you guys for checking us out on Twitter at The PCP Show, at The Rock and Robbie, and of course on the PCP Army on, Pop, on, me, on Facebook, and of course our page, Pop Culture Philosophers. I feel that Logan might show up in other people's uh, top five when we do our top five. I'd be damn surprised if it didn't. And uh, we'll see if uh, Brooks copies me <laughs> for this well, top five. You're copying me. You, well, we'll see if copies it, you. You set it up so you get to talk first. Well, I'm going to let you go first this time. <laughs> so if you can narrow it down to your top five favorite X-Men films in descending order. Or, I'm sorry, ascending. So. Number five first. Okay. Number five. For uh, Five would probably be Deadpool. Okay. I, I thought Deadpool was, it was a better movie than it had any business being, really. You know, it's it's good and it's funny, you know. It's not, I don't find it as funny as, you know, a lot of people do, but there were some good jokes in it and it was a it was a fun entertaining movie. Yeah, I'll give it even though he's not one of my favorite characters, I thought they did a good job with the film. Yeah. I'll give you that. And they had Colossus in it, which was neat. Dude, his his that Colossus is great. Yeah. By the way. That actually the other characters you do see in the film in both Deadpool movies, they do a great job with all those characters. Yeah. And they were respective, I think, of the properties. You can tell that the people who made the film enjoyed what they were doing. And that yeah. it shows. Awesome. Good good choice. Number four. Number four, I would probably go with first class. It's it's great. It was hard to follow up. I'm gonna say that when they were saying, Hey, we're doing another X Men film, but it's gonna take place earlier with a different cast, I'm like, What the fuck are they doing? So I was a little hesitant, but they yeah. had to do something after X three to recover, to be honest with you. Yeah, well I like the fact that it took the focus off of Wolverine and put it back, you know, on the X Men. You know, like, let's do an X-Men movie about the X-Men, not have, you know, having to, you know, do Wolverine. Yeah, he's not even in the film at all. Oh, yeah. wait, he's in there for about two seconds. Yeah, he has a cameo. <laughs> he's got the best line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's your number three? Uh, number three would be Logan. Logan, your number three. Wow, all the way down to number three. It's many people's number ones. Yeah, I like Logan. It's a good movie. I mean, but it's so sad and depressing. It is sad and depressing. <laughs> it is a good film, though. Yeah, it's, it's like... Uh, it's one of those like you know, the mood would have to strike you to watch it. It's like like you know, uh, that Clint Eastwood movie Gran Torino, or like any of his movies from that era, like Million Dollar Baby. It's like, man, it's so good, but it's so sad, you know. Yeah, if you want to get, if you want to feel depressed, if you're too happy in your life, yeah, <laughs> watch Logan, and that'll bring you down a fucking peg. What about your number two? Number two would be X Two. Oh, X Men United. United. Yeah, I I, I I still think that movie holds up pretty well. Like, of course, you know, probably a year back, I probably would have put it number one. But, you know, reevaluating, you know, I think the the other movie, like my number one movie, is a little better. 
But X2 is still a lot of fun. It's entertaining. It's a good story. Oh, is you, has your opinion changed because Dark Phoenix came out? That's what I expect you to be your number one. Oh, then. Yeah, so what is man. your what is your number one? <laughs> that was actually Days of Future Past. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Days of Future Past. Yeah, I thought Days of Future Past, I think, was like the best uh, interpretation of an X-Men story that they've managed to do so far for the uh, for the movies. I can dig that, yeah. It's yeah. almost as though they had the writer on set. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> he's even there. Chris Claremont's one of yeah, the uh, senators. Yeah, he's Yeah. And he was, yeah, he, I think, yeah, a lot of the success of the film, I think, could be owed to him being a part of it and him, them taking his advice and him being on the film. Yeah. Um, but they did a great, even though they made some changes. And he even said, a lot of people are like, why did they change it from, from, uh, Kitty to Wolverine? Yeah, Kitty to Wolverine. He's like, eh, it makes sense. He's like, I understand why they did it. And he said, it actually makes more sense. So he actually kind of stood by it. Yeah, and at least Kitty's the kind of the one responsible because they created yeah. that new power for her. It is. And it's what's her face replies her role. Uh Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Mm. Um and uh and people and since he was a fan favorite it makes sense to make him sort of the the prime part of the film, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it kind of worked out and But he wasn't like the main cylinders. he wasn't the main focus of the film like the uh Not the, at all. The first 3 X-Men no. movies. But they but he still like he was an important yeah. part but yeah. he wasn't like he wasn't the central Character. And then we get him tying that new with the old. Yeah. I mean, it, it it hits on again multiple points. It does a good job at, mm. at bridging the gap there. That's good top five. That's a fantastic yeah. fact. That's an uncanny. That's an astonishing top five. An extreme, even. Yeah. I see what you guys are doing. Extraordinary, amazing. What about you, Generation? Forceful. Jeremy, if you can narrow it down to top your top five and quite an extra number in that. five. Oh my god! If you can. If you could narrow it down, um, my number five is X two. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it does. I think it does. It does stand the test of time. Um, it was a great sequel. I mean, they really yeah. had a lot to live up to. The first one was very successful, and I think the second one just hit it out of the park. Also, it's based on a really good uh, run of X Men. God love, God loves, man kills. Yeah. Um, it's pretty close. I mean, there's minor differences, I guess, but. Striker's not a preacher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's it's, a military guy. He's a military dude, but I mean, it, the general plot is similar. Yeah, it is. Um, it's very, it's pretty good. Um, number four, gotta look it up one second. Hold on, I forget. <laughs> um, my number four is X Men: Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Well, yeah, all the way down to number four. Um, it's Ooh. no, it's a great movie. There's just a lot of X Men out there. Um, it's and again another faithful adaptation. I think. Um, is very close to the source material. It handles all the characters pretty good. The change to uh, uh, Kitty, that's uh, that's fine. Whatever. Or the change to um, Wolverine, that's all right. Um, good movie. Um, would watch again. I've watched it a couple of times, actually. Number three. My number three is Logan. Logan. Yes, it is a good film, but yeah, it's also super depressing. It is. It has a superhero in it. it has super people in it but it's not a superhero movie at all um it's definitely a western yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's it's basically shane yeah i mean it has a lot in common with the depressing western you're right um it's hard to watch because of how sad but it is a good film it is amazing it's a good send-off for wolverine it makes you feel things yeah and for xavier well not a good send-off for xavier but not, it is a send-off it's for not xavier. great <laughs> i mean everybody basically dies uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it whatever um, but Except yeah. for X twenty three, yeah, I mean, you know, one going. of the most faithfully r- realized characters from the comics to the silver screen. X twenty three, number two 
X-Men First Class. Oh, you're a big First Class fan. Oh, I loved it. I think it was a perfect reintroduction to the film. Big X-Men. shoes to fill, man. Big shoes yeah. to fill. Yeah, exactly. Um, depending or how with how good the very first X-Men film is to me, um, I think this was a very good quote unquote follow up. I guess it's like films later, but it's a good reboot. Um, I wish they could have followed the quality a little bit longer than two <laughs> movies. I uh, I'm a sucker for anything in the Cold War set during the Cold War. Yeah, so I, I loved First Class. I mean, Age of Apocalypse, all right, but yeah, they probably should have been just done after Days of Future Past. Um, and your number one, what do you think in your mind is the best X Men film? The first one, of course. Uh, it was a very good. It was a good strike of fortune for Marvel to have something, or I guess Fox, I guess, um, to stumble upon such a good formula that early on when superhero movies were pretty rare, especially a team up type film. Um, it's real, it's pretty well executed, I think. And, I, I, I've watched it a lot, actually. That's, that's why it's my favorite. I mean, I've seen it a bunch. Yeah. Prior to that too, prior to that, Marvel hadn't had a lot of big, a success on the big screen. No, yeah. no, not really. So, Blade, yeah, pretty Blade, much. Yeah, yeah. Blade. And, and that brings something, uh, and then again, the idea of doing a team up, Hey, we're going to do a, that's big just, super team. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't, it, it just didn't sound like it was going to be a feasible like X-Men thing. X-Men is like, it's about as far from Blade as you can get too. Yeah. 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 So, That's a really good top five. Thank you. Similar to Brooks's, but different. Yeah. You didn't I think we're going to get a lot of that. Yeah, All new, all different. Was it, was it basically mm-hmm. the same movies? Just No, you didn't have X-Men. You didn't have Deadpool. Yeah, I didn't have X-Men 1. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah no Deadpool here. Well, you, Rob, I'm curious about your top five. I, have I bet you I are. One of them, but well, I be, probably figure out. There's not that many X-Men films. Well, I recently rewatched these, so I oh, got okay. to reevaluate oh, them. Oh, okay. New, new, not, you're not rose colored glasses. You can actually. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, because things change when you rewatch. Um, number five, Days of Future Past from 2014, directed by Brian Singer. I really like Days of Future Past. I think it's great. I think it's one of the best X Men films, but to me, it's not the best. Um, especially on the rewatch, it does got some issues with a little bit of like tonal clash and some pacing issues. To be honest, sometimes, like, I like how Wolverine's not a main character, but sometimes he still distracts from the main story of the film, you know, but I do like, um, that movie. I, I, I think James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, you know, I just love Fassbender in this, in these movies. And I really think days of future past does a great job of, of taking a very familiar comic book story, changing it a little bit, but really kind of adapting it very faithfully for, for Fox, you know, um, number four, 2017's Logan directed by James Mangold. Um, I just recently watched Logan. It's a great film. It is a great Western it is basically Shane. Um, great performances. Patrick Stewart will break your heart in that film. We've had to watch that dude die twice in X-Men films. Um, but I really do like the movie. I think it's great. I do, unfortunately, think it's a little try-hard. It's trying too hard to be R-rated. Way too many F-bombs. Like, out of nowhere. Like a 13-year-old yeah, wrote yeah. it. The, I hate CG gore. And the gore is so goofy and dumb in parts. Like... I don't mind seeing some blood, but like I like Wolverine slashing people up in X2 a little bit better than Logan because it just doesn't look so stupid. It looks gaudy to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I hate CG gore. Maybe that's because I'm a big practical effect but horror X2, guy. But X2, I think they also tried to go 2PG, so they... they He's got claws. There's gonna. I but understand. He's still stabbing these people. They just yeah. don't show the blood. And in this one, you see claws, and it's like coming through his mouth, and then up in his skin, yeah, and then through his eye. They definitely, definitely like, went Mortal Kombat with it. Yeah, a little, little, little silly. Number three is X Two X Men United from 2003, also b- directed by Brian Singer. Um, 
I would have told you that X2 was my favorite months ago. In fact, when we did the superhero movie uh, movies podcast recently, I put it on my top five. Well, I, I That list would be completely different now. When I rewatched it, it didn't hold up near as much as I wanted to, but it was a great, it did a great job of, of just running from the start um, from what was established in the first X-Men film. Magneto was, was done so well in that film. It's got some great moments when, when they break Magneto out of prison. That's a great moment. The Nightcrawler, Alan Cummings' is Nightcrawler. Dude, that it's open, awesome. It's one of the best opening scenes of a, of a comic book film, period. Um, really great stuff. I love the ending and the setup for Phoenix. Unfortunately, it didn't really pay off. But it's you know, still like X three, you know. But it's still it's still a Wolverine film mostly. Cyclops and even Xavier get taken out really really quick, and, yeah, and it's and, about his past. Yeah, and discovering all, his past. All the X Men get completely separated. Yeah. But I do love all the bit about Wolverine and the kids, and I think it does a great job. Number two, X Men, the original, two thousand. I think Brian Singer came in and did a great job of taking something and. We're really spoiled by the MCU right now, right? So, like, yeah. X-Men and X2, they feel a little stale. They feel a little stiff. You know, they feel feel a little stagnant mm-hmm. right now, kind of, with, with the MCU, right? So, this was new territory, right, back in 2000. And instead of doing exactly what they had been doing with comic book movies, Brian Singer and company made a very subtle movie. And the movie has no wasted dialogue, except for the toad line. <laughs> Um, but every word means something. The the moment you're talking, do they, does it hurt? Every time. Just two words. It makes you feel so much, right? The opening of that film with Magneto as a kid, the bit with uh, Rogue and, and Wolverine at the and he's doing the bar cage fight, you know, just everything about that movie so great. Ian McKellen, every line of dialogue him and Patrick Stewart say, I love it. It just does a great job of introducing the concept. And it's a sci-fi movie over a superhero movie, you know? Mm-hmm. My number one, though, X-Men First Class. It surprised me on the rewatch. That, to me, is the strongest X-Men film. And they go back, they take Wolverine out. Yeah, he's got the cameo, and that's funny. But it's finally giving us the story that we rarely even get in the comic books. And that's building the friendship of Eric and Charles. And McAvoy and Fassbender do that splendidly. They do it so amazingly. It's brilliant, their performances. And you really believe their friendship. You really believe that they come together. Yeah, they used a bunch of throwaway X-Men. Havoc, Banshee, the, the other Darwin. version of Angel, Darwin. Who cares, right? Because that's, that's not the focus. So in all the X-Men, you see Cyclops, you see Gene, you see Storm. They're kind of wasted in a lot of these films. In first class, it didn't matter if they wasted those students because who cared, right? Who cared mm-hmm. about Darwin or Banshee? But it did suck to find out in Days of Future Past that Banshee died in between the movies. I'm like, come on. And they really just going to push that kid out that window and down that like satellite dish? Like, maybe you'll be able to fly. Come on. Come on. And I also really like Beast in that film, even though his makeup didn't start looking good till Days of Future Past. I think it's CG in First Class. But First mm. Class, it's not about Sebastian Shaw, Kevin Bacon, Sebastian Shaw, big deal. It's just a Bond villain. It's just a Bond villain plot. But, God, I love those. I love that movie. And it's just the, 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 the moments when Charles is talking to Eric and he's like, I feel your pain, but you're so much more. And they're like, they have that moment together when he teaches them how to move that. Oh, dude, it's just, I love first class. First mm. class is my number one, man. And I'm so I'm shocked. It's pretty it's good. not what you were expecting, was it? No, it was not. That's a pretty good movie. Caught me off guard. What about you, John? So mine's exactly the same as Brooks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. My uh, number five has actually been Deadpool, surprisingly. Um, not one of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, I think he's overhyped. Uh, but I really enjoyed the movie. That was funny. 
I think the costume looks good. Ryan Reynolds does a great job. I like the dialogue. You know, he's hilarious. The effects are great. Colossus is awesome, and it's got a great cast. And they're I do they do a good job of bringing the X Men to it. And I always love the fact that they go to like they reference the X Men and go into the. You know what I'm saying? They they they're aware of the universe they're in. Yeah, they, um, they they brought in like a a, a throwaway character. Negasonic teenage yeah. warhead who was like a a character who died in like the first created issue created by Grant Morrison and, yeah, and Grant Morrison's yep. uh, new X Men when they bombed Genosha yeah so I I, I love surprisingly how much I enjoyed the film number four X two X Men United I just great film great follow up uh, I still the scene where the the troops are coming to the house or the the the, the the mansion Wolverine defending that school yeah is some of and the he best, just dude. goes bananas on him and when he's super bad that's badass. when we first see him really go berserk man yeah and yeah like yeah, we were berserk. saying there's not a lot of blood or nothing but when he jumps down and starts stabbing those people right in yeah. the chest and screams at him that's when Hugh Jackman let us know 100% he was Wolverine yeah he was committed to the role he was here for the yeah, he was super jacked yeah. in that one <laughs> yeah he Huge kept jacked getting, man he kept, he kept getting jacked yeah. yeah but X2 like he really 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 pulled it off. So it's, uh, yeah, love X two. Um, my number love three. Love what you've done with your hair. <laughs> my number three, of course, is X Men. I mean, okay. I think X Men is better than X two. Um, it gave us the X Men. It's I do like X two, but X Men kind of set everything up. Maybe X two is a better film, but I, I enjoy X two. You know, m- the original X Men more. Yeah, it's just it's a great cast. Um, Plus, we worked at the movie theater. Yeah, we were How at the theater at the time. How many times did we watch that movie? And to see X-Men on the big screen, the idea that X-Men would ever come to the big screen, it just, I didn't think it was feasible. I still think it's the best some of the claws look. Like oh, Wolverine's yeah. claws, some of the best they ever look yeah. is in that. Because I think it's more practical. I think they use way more practical effects. And they talked about him stabbing himself and stabbing other people and getting stitches yeah, and stuff right. like that. Because I think they were like uh, carbon, f- not carbon fiber, they were like plastic. They were like cast material, but it was still... You could impale somebody they were just, with it. They were actually just painted fruit roll-ups. Oh. <laughs> Can you just eat your way? Yeah, just eat them after every scene. My number two is uh, Logan. I, I thought it was a good send-off. It's a beautiful film. I do agree that my problem with X2 is he's slashing these people up and you don't see any blood. But my problem with Logan is that they go overboard with it. There's got to be a middle ground. It seems like they did... They, you know, they show like him... I mean, they even show you like the bones. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It really reminds me of like the new cutscenes in Mortal Kombat. An yeah. X-ray? Just in yeah. <laughs> in, in the Mortal Kombat, it's over the top for the sake of... It's tongue-in-cheek over the top for being over the top. But yeah. we don't need that in Logan. So, But otherwise, short of that, I do think he does a good job. Um, Patrick Stewart does a good job. It's it's a beautiful... T- X-23 is fucking awesome. Did, they it. do a great job of just showing his body breaking down and, and how yeah, he can't even deal with it. Yeah, and, he can't yeah. deal with it. And I, I, just a great film overall. And I understand the praise for it. Uh, but my number one and my favorite X Men film is still Days of Future Past. Yeah, I think it's great cast. It's good. It's great how they unite the old with the young. That beginning is so fucking brutal when they're all just being massacred by those Sentinels. They're using the Sentinels that can basically transform because they're using X Men DNA or whatever. Mystique DNA. Mystique DNA. That's, <laughs> that's what a it little was. weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then you figure it out. I mean, they explain it, but but it's it's brutal when they're just being slaughtered at the beginning. It is dark, and uh, and of course you know. We got America's ass, which is actually Wolverine. <laughs> Remember, you see his bot for like That's two Canada's seconds. Ass. Don't they also show, or did they not use it? Doesn't he show the costume, or does he not have the costume? That's was in that a the cut Wolverine. scene? That's a cut oh, okay. scene in the Wolverine. Okay, yeah. I remember they're showing the costume at one point. I would love to see the mask at some of the suck. We didn't see it, but um, yeah, Days of Future Past, just awesome movie. You just know, awesome. is, is everybody had first class on their list except for John. 
I like first class. If we had to do, you s- had first class on your list, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, we. I really do like first class. So I love stuff set in the Cold War, and I was very against it when they announced it initially. I'm like, what? Well, I understand with After X three that they kind of like I understand the resetting it, and then I understood a lot more when I saw the film. But I do like. I put be- first class. My best thing. I think my favorite thing about Days of Future Past is that it makes X3 never have happened. But they yeah. still have Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They forgot about that. Yeah, at the very end. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I do like First Class. So honorable mention, I guess, First Class. I guess that ending doesn't exist anymore after Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah. How do they, me- those movies mess their own timelines up. Because here's another thing in Dark Phoenix, it's a cosmic force, right? Mm. And X Men Apocalypse. She's the one that defeats Apocalypse. Yeah, and it shows up on her when she flares up. Yeah. You see, I was wondering about that, too. Why even do that in the movie if you're going to go ahead and make it in the next yeah. movie, an actual cosmic force? I guess it's just like the comics. They're like, ah, who cares? Just do it. No, I remember that. That's why I was a little confused. Yeah. I was like, oh, they are doing it as a cosmic entity, but I thought it was going to be inside of her That was weird. It was yeah. Weird. So nobody had X3 or Dark Phoenix on their top five. Uh, X-Men X- Origins Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a classic I can see, oh, I can see the Wolverine because I like the Wolverine you know we have to do a further list you guys were saying that the, the knives looked really great as a, a practical effect on, like his claws X-Men Origins Wolverine they are, they're awful they shine way looking, too much in the mirror yeah. I was like what is happening with his claws in this scene so they're so sparkly those are some really good <laughs> top fives though John don't you think I think they are. I've had so much fun sitting here talking about X Men with these guys. I, I, th- we could talk more. I mean, it could be a two parter or three parter or four hour episode. I think we're all X Men fans. I think it's the best thing Marvel's ever done. I mean, I do like you know Captain America and Iron Man, Spider Man, but X Men's where it's at. Fantastic in my Four, Doctor Strange, the Hulk, comic yeah. books. We're just yeah. naming <laughs> characters. You know, random character. First of all, I, w- I do want to say thank you, Jeremy, for being here. Big X-Men fan. Thanks for having me. Really I like do talking appreciate about it. it. And Brooks, thank you for being here with us. Yeah, man. We look forward to having you guys on a show again soon. Yeah, me too. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. Final thoughts? Anybody have anything they want to... Yeah, what did the X-Men mean to you, Jeremy? Um, I'd... <laughs> So I'm black. Um, in case you guys didn't know, I really like that. Really? Yeah, I never yeah. noticed. I don't see color, <laughs> but I definitely. <laughs> I for, hear it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it's not that serious. It's not that deep, but it kind of is. It's like these people are outsiders. You know, the world generally does not care for them. I'm like I can kind of feel that from a cultural standpoint, oh, and I really identify with this. And also, they have superpowers. So you know, if you really want to, sh- you know, break off the yokes of slavery, and you had superpowers, that'd be really dope. Yeah. Alternate history. I like that. What about you, Brooks? What did the X-Men mean to you? Well, you know, Brooks starts off, well, I'm black. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can tell if they're listening unless they've seen any episodes when he's been on. I'm I'm quite white, actually. But but I do, I do, I did did, did feel like the, like, you know, I know what it is to feel like an outsider and everything. And, you know, that's a lot of what the X-Men's about. It's like, uh, you know, they're rejected, like they're, they're outlaws, you know. And uh, people like people like don't look up to them like they do the Avengers so much, you know. And um, there was like a there was a line in one of the X Men comics that Gambit made to Bishop. It was like during onslaught, but they're out on like a boat looking for something. And Gambit's like, you know, we got this big mansion with all this all this beautiful land, and everything. You know, if we, if it weren't for the whole world trying to kill us all the time, we'd be having the time of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Very well put. You know, there is, of course, the 
all the themes there about racism, about outcasts, you know, a lot of members of the LGBTQ community really uh, respond and have a connection to the X-Men, um, Jewish people, um, people of color, of course, um, just nerds that were just, you know, bullied and beaten up and things like that, like Brooks. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I was the bully that was beating Brooks yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. He's always I'm taking my I'm lunch money, man. No, I mean, absolutely. You know, and the other cool thing about X-Men I love is it's about evolution. It's about change. It's change or die, you know? And one of the, the I don't think the X-Men, I like how in Morrison's run, they do the whole extinction gene thing, but then they like blossom it afterwards. Whenever they try to limit the potential of mutants in the Marvel Universe, the X-Men books suffer. You know, like House of M. Yeah. You know, because the X-Men are about change. It's about evolution. It's about the next step. And and, you know, you got these two opposing ideas. It's, it's you know, like we were talking about before the show, Jeremy, it's it's very much like a, a Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X type thing. Magneto is much more militant. He's much more willing to take, you know, what he believes as necessary action to accomplish the same goal that Charles is trying to get. Through straight up peace, he's, he's always trying to separate the mutants from humanity and yeah. kind of you know build up their own nation. He's yeah. trying to start the revolution. But basically, what, he... <laughs> what they, but what they're all saying is that we need revolution. We need evolution, and that's what I think we need as a species right now is to come together, get over our our, our stupid prejudices, and 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 evolve to the next stage of humanity, and get our own X genes because we all got a superpower. So let's let's just fucking do it, right, John? Mine is making. Never mind. I was gonna. <laughs> um, making pancakes, making whoopee. I don't know. I was gonna make a penis joke. Making fun of John. <laughs> leave it. Let's leave it. Let's move on. Um, yeah, I love the X Men comics, and I really do. I agree with you guys. It's really when Superman, when there's other comics where people that you know, you got this one character you follow, and he's got superhuman strength or whatever, and then he has a regular life. Um, it's easier to identify with the X Men because they were outcast um and or different and it's easier for people you know i i am not black <laughs> so people don't if they don't know that what so i did not i no may surprise. not have, i may not have suffered the same problems that that stem from racism but i definitely was uh, a very shy guy and a heavyweight guy and i was not very social and so i did feel like i didn't belong in, in school and stuff and so i kind of identify with the x-men and some of the x-men characters because they they were they were looked down upon and yeah. an outcast of society, and they were different. But what made them different also made them very unique and very powerful, actually. Yeah, and you you know you may be like, well, I'm just a white dude who feels like that too. But one of the things that X Men did was it put you in that position. It makes you understand a little bit more about the plight oh, yeah. of other people yeah. and what they have to deal with. And you're like, well, I feel like an outcast too. Oh wow! Imagine if I felt like an outcast simply because of my sexuality, gender, or color of my skin. You know what I'm saying? And oh it yeah! If it like, helped, if it helped broaden somebody's mind, that's yeah. great. And that's what Kirby and Lee did, man. And that's what Claremont continued to do. And then that's what that's what a lot of and that's X Men has really. I think I think X Men has really made a lot of people our age progressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> well, there are a lot of a lot of younger progressive people our age and younger. Yeah, I, I mean, if we can give X Men that credit, yeah, I'm look down at, for that. Look at Kirby and Claremont changing lives. The and, uh, and Lee and Byrne too. Yeah. Why not? Problem solving. So my my final thought is go out and read an X Men comic, guys, yes, or because Jonathan jump on Hickman, board the new series. Jonathan Hickman is about to start House of X, yeah. Powers of Ten, each going to be a six issue series leading into his new flagship X Men. And that's book. good. That's a good book for somebody who hasn't read X Men before. They could jump right in. Correct. Or if you have, have you been away for a few years? When's it start? July. Starts in July, folks. 
So this episode will be out before that, and you'll hear that. And if you're not, yeah, I'm not a big comic up reader. Age of X Men, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you like yeah. X Men, it gives you a good starting point to jump back in. Yeah. If you if you've never read a comic book at all. Go down to your local comic book, support your local comic shop, and go check out the new X-Men series. And, of course, we'll be covering all of it here on Pop Culture Philosophers sure on the we YouTube will. channel. Yeah. Check the YouTube channel. Robbie loves comics. He can't read. He just buys them for the pictures. Yes, I do. <laughs> but he loves those pictures, and he'll talk about those pictures. <laughs> Next episode, we're going to talk about 60s sci-fi. I'm excited for this because we're talking about some awesome films that, that just really changed, I think, Film for the better. I mean, you know, I was taking a look today at 60s sci-fi television and film, and I was like, you know, there's some really standout movies and yeah. TV shows. There's, there's some, some amazing practical effects back then. There are. Yeah, there's some really good things. I'm really excited. I know Justin's going to be back on that, and and the voice makes his oh, return. Oh, okay. Yeah. We haven't had the Mike the Matthews. <laughs> Mike the, Matthews. the Matthews voice. <laughs> Mike the voice Matthews. We're back on the show. We're excited for, for 60s sci-fi. We're talking about shows, talking about film. And uh, again, we're, you know, you know what yeah. is a 60s sci-fi comic book? The X Men. Oh, what about Fantastic Four? Oh, the We've best. been talking about That's that. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, streaming, however you listen to us, iTunes, etc. We appreciate you. Uh, all right. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>